This week's shout out is going to a special rapper, right? He reached out to me to listen to one of his songs, and I loved it. As a matter of fact, I'm surprised that he's not more famous than he is, so let's give him a help. His name is Kofi, K-O-F-I. I hope I'm saying that right. And um, he can correct me if um, if it's not that. But this person is also at GloomyMF on Twitter, G-L-O-O-O-M-Y-M-F. Give them a follow and give them a listen. Honestly, they're really, they're really talented. I, I love their music. On to this week's topic, which admittedly is a bit of a more serious one, but it's one that I have no way, absolutely no way of avoiding. And the reason being is because if you guys know where I'm from, I, I never mention it on the podcast, but nearby, there's a lake. There's a very, very ancient dry lake. It, it was dry anyway, that... It seems to be making a comeback. And by that, I mean, we thought that for decades we were safe. I, I wish we were, but the other day I bore witness to it and it's not dry anymore. California has been facing an absolute shit ton of water suddenly coming in. You know, we were in a drought. Now we got plenty of water. We got way more water than we anticipated. And and then more. You know what I mean? Like, it just kept coming. It brought with it an old, very, very old site. So old that no one around was alive to see the original. The original Thule Lake. This was brought up, this topic was brought up by Nick, um, who showed me more links. And I learned more about the history of it. And then the other day, I finally bore witness to it with my own eyes. Fuck me. I mean... I don't know how to explain it, but I have to talk about this. All right. Before I go any further, I've started a new batch in my, um, in my, not my distiller. What is it? Um, fermenter. Um, I'm starting a new drink. This one is inspired by Whereas Balake, who mentioned mead. And he mentioned to age it specifically, which, you know what? I'm more than willing to do. So, on the currently in the works, we have some mead. It's not going to be done for another two months. So, that one's going to take a while. That being said, let's get back to the topic at hand. For those who don't know, there is um, there's this thing in California... In the Central Valley, San Joaquin Valley specifically, there was this ancient lake. By ancient, I mean before colonial, um, before people came over here during the gold rush. You know when people were going to the west to get more land? Basically, around the birth of the United States, there were people coming over and they were finding this big lake. The thing is, the lake was still healthy when, it, when they got here, but it was at the point where it was drying. The thing about dry rivers is that they have very fertile soil underneath so when the lake finally dried they they uh they all got gathered together many people traveling to the west anyway and they all began cultivating using the soil the very fertile soil to grow what we now know as the valleys you know the many fields out here in the valley that are absolutely full of trees and luscious greenery just beautiful stuff thriving fields of all kinds it's one thing to look at it nowadays and think, well, we're used to it. So we just see a bunch of fields and we don't think about it that much. But there was a time where this was all water. 
and it blows my mind how much water there was at its peak. Recorded anyway. It was about, let me pull it up here, 690 square miles. That is a lot of water. In fact, it was, it wasn't documented properly as it should have been. At the time, it looked like the lake was already drying. Why even mention it now then? What's the significance behind this ancient dry lake? It's not, it's dry now. Or it was a few months ago. <sighs> because th this lake, a lot of people, a lot of Native Americans used it for fishing. They would live around it and they would grow. They would grow corn, you know, various things. Very fertile soil, very good, fertile, rich soil. And you could get in a canoe into this lake and just keep paddling. And you would see primarily a lot of waterfowl, a lot of ducks, a lot of birds coming there. And it was very, very diverse. And it's, um, ecologically speaking, it was very important until they dried up. The thing about it, right, is once it dried up, it dried up for a long period of time. Long enough for generations of farmers to use the land. Long enough for them to get comfortable and not, not think about what it used to be, right? No one goes somewhere and thinks, oh, Native Americans used to own this land. No one really thinks that way, you know? So to see an ancient lake fall out of the sky, that really hits different for me. I mentioned earlier it wasn't that well written about and I've noticed that because I've noticed that there's a single photo that every documentary uses and the photographer's unidentified and there's just a family with a dog near the lake. That's it. <laughs> Not many people were out here back then I guess. At least when the lake was wet and a lot of people who were Native American were using it. Again, let's go, let's, let's think, let's think about this, okay? We've got a lake full of water, it dries up, leaves a very fertile land, and then generations of farmers come, one after the other, after the other, after the other, since the, eight, it was, it's been dry for like 80 plus years, a, a, a significant amount of time, essentially. It began filling up again. And I don't mean a few feet of water, I mean 40 feet of water, it's a, it's a significant amount, okay? I mean, oh my god, it's all over the news, and I'm not going to spoil where I'm from. Again, I'm really trying not to spoil this, but I live near enough that it's a concern of mine. I'm not going to lose my house to a flood if the lake comes back, but it's definitely close enough that I might have some lakeside property. You know what I mean? Which, um, you know, it is what it is. A lot of people live here, though. And even more people rely on the food that we grow here. There's uh, tomatoes. There's um, oranges. It's just, just, just a lot, okay? There's a little bit of everything. It hits different seeing it in person, though. And you heard me right. I got to witness it in person. There's no roads going to it, okay? Because of the line of work that I have, I'm able to go right up to it. And what we're doing now is essentially trying to like slow it down. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't get paid to think. You know what I mean? I'll do. I'll do my job, sure. But I look at all that water and I think. I think a bit. How do you express looking at a natural disaster like that? This must be. I've never experienced this, right? I've never experienced nature at its most angry, and that's what I'm seeing here. It's like. It's like some native people have said out here, some who live in um, in tribes still, 
and tribes. I mean, um, and reservations. It's like their ancestors are coming back with a vengeance. You know what I mean? I mean, nothing but respect to those natives as well. I don't know how to express myself. I'm, I'm at a loss for words. But it's massive. Look it up, okay? There's actually a, a well-written documentary that I have here. I want to recommend to everyone. Let's see here. Wow, I lost the title. Oh, there it is. Tulare, The Phantom Lake. It was made in 2015. Damn good documentary. I won't go too into detail about my line of work. A lot of you know I'm a truck driver. That's as far as I'm willing to really share about that matter. And the thing is, we were hired to help um, a farmer try to, try to get some of his trees, you know, I, I save some of them. I don't know. It feels like it's, it's really hard to explain. I think we can do it. You know what I mean? Part of me thinks, just get the job done. See what's going on. Go with the time. You know what I mean? But water is a powerful thing. Water is very powerful. It can't really be stopped. Of course, I've noticed that with modern day technology, there's absolutely quite a lot you can do. I was impressed with myself. I was impressed with all my coworkers and everything we got done. And I'm just sitting here thinking, this ancient lake is back. You know what I mean? That's in my head right now. And it's, it's like, how, how do I, how do I put this into words? There's a monumental thing happening, not too far from where I live. And it's beautiful. In my head, I'm thinking, this is going to go down in history. This is going to be a historic event that will be talked about for years. This is our Katrina. You know what I mean? It's not that level of destruction. Don't get me wrong. I mean, actually, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it is. There have been no like hard numbers saying how much money worth of damage has happened because of the flooding. I'm just seeing an old lake. One that somebody in the 1880s would have seen. One that an old Native American would have gone fishing in. In fact, in the documentary, there, a man was walking on the dry riverbed, reaches down, and he pulls out an arrowhead, and he says, this is legit. And he shows it to the camera, and it's a very old arrowhead embedded in the dirt underneath what was the lake which is now back and it's it's a good documentary you guys should just watch it it's hitting me differently because this is my homeland you know what i mean i know people listening a lot of you are from overseas okay that's what i'm gonna put this is the most personal episode i've done at least the modern ones some of the old episodes i think i'm gonna delete not to be a downer or anything but this is just the facts. What I'm going to report to you about this lake isn't going to be nice to hear, but it would fundamentally change life in the Central Valley. If the lake were to return to full capacity, Stratford, Corcoran, Alpaw, and Allensworth, all four of these towns would be completely submerged underwater and destroyed. Completely submerged. Stratford doesn't stand a fucking chance. Kettleman City... You barely make it out alive. You barely make it out. You will have lakeside property. I almost doxed myself. No, I did not. But yeah, that's what gets me, right? It's like 6.5 million square feet. Okay, it's a shit ton. Square feet? That's not that big. Square miles. Square miles. Which... Uh, <sighs> what the fuck, dude? How do you stop that much water? I don't know. 
I definitely, I, I can't say. I don't know. Will it return to its full capacity? Personally, I don't think so. But at the same time, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that that nothing ha nothing more happens. You know what I mean? It just hits different actually seeing it. Looking at all that water. It it stretched for miles. Let me let me go into detail and explain what I could see from where I was at. It went on for miles. There was a gentle breeze in the air, which normally wouldn't be that big a deal until I saw all of the water moving with it. I saw little waves, little rip, ripples, you know? Just tiny waves in this massive, formerly dead god of a fucking lake. It felt surreal because I had years, for years, driven my car through these streets that are now full of water in order to go to, to the ocean to relax. I could no longer do that. The lake had taken back the streets as well as the farms within them, which I could see from a distance, only their shallow exteriors, most of them cleaned out, hopefully. A lot of them submerged underwater, only halfway, so you could still see the very top, you could still see the roofs, you could still see quite a bit of them. But off in the distance, that's all I could do. I could just watch. No way in hell am I gonna swim over there. Another thing I bore witness to, there was a part of the lake that came too quickly. A part that we didn't expect to come, that took half of an, no, not half, an entire field of trees. All I could see was a wall of dirt holding the water back and an entire field of trees rotting and dying. I've never seen, I've never seen death on such a large scale as I did. Seeing all those trees dying, the water turning green from all the leaves, the leaves losing their color as if drained by the water. It was a unique experience. Terror and awe, all at the same time. I don't know how to explain it. That's why I wanted to make this episode so badly. I couldn't hold on to this. That was... Wow. That's all I can say. I mean, Jesus. You just, you had to be there, okay? It was almost spiritual in nature. Because, again, when something goes away, you don't expect it to come back. Especially not a massive lake, you know? Maybe climate change, maybe climate change is, like, finally kicking our ass. It's definitely a big blow to me. Sorry if this episode got a bit more emotional. It's just the fact that in my spare time, in my free time, I like to go to wildlife refugees. I like to go and be amongst animals, amongst nature, you know? So to witness all of this dry land where snakes and lizards all hid under the, the rocks and would sunbathe on occasion, to watch it all swept away and to watch an ecosystem shift suddenly, it, you're not prepared for it. You're not prepared mentally. You're not even prepared physically. You don't know when it's coming. But when it does, it fucking hits. It hits hard. And for me, personally, I think you can hear the sincerity in my voice. It hit fucking hard for me. 
But at the same time, that's nature. You can't change the nature of nature. My bug zapper just killed this mosquito. <laughs> I want you guys to guess right now. If Native Americans were using the water before we came along and moved all the water into canals and streams and dams, I want you to guess. How old do you think it would be? If you had to put a number on it. Because it's it's got a lot of zeros. Alright, you had enough time to guess. It is 10,000 years old. Of course it was going to come back. Something that big doesn't just disappear forever. You know? <laughs> and I got to witness it come back. I'm smiling right now. Because such a... Something... How do, how do I put it to words? And when I struggle with words, you know I've got a lot on my mind. And it's definitely something that's been on my mind a lot. Because when all these rains started, I only heard about the floods, right? Certain spots were getting flooded, and I thought, well, that sucks. Come on. Hey, we got to we gotta clear the water from here and over here. How little did we know? Because all that water had to go somewhere. And we found where it went. The OG, you know? The OG Tulare Lake. With every canal touching it. The dead center, the lowest spot of the valley. That's a lot of water. If you guys wondered, if people listening from the valley, if you guys wondered where all the fucking water went from the valley, it went to the Tulare Lake. It's almost fully back, okay? That's why I'm making this fucking episode. And it's still going. I don't know how to explain it. If it does go all the way, I'm, I'll be, I'll be shocked. Genuinely, I'll be genuinely surprised. I did not think the rain was that bad. I mean, I'm used to more tropical weather, okay? I'm used to heavier rainfall. But nature is very delicate. So when someone that hasn't... When a place hasn't gotten rain for years and years and they're in a drought, yeah, they're going to want water. Not this much, but you know. Some. Okay, I keep getting conflicting numbers and it's really starting to piss me off. This is the problem with not archiving things properly. What I mean by that is the Tulare Lake, right? I said that it was 10,000 years old. That everyone unanimously agrees on that. Okay, great. Why does it say that the lake is back after 26 years? Some people have been saying that, right? What that makes me think is that the lake only dried when I was born. What the fuck? That doesn't make any sense, okay? Everyone's... They, they built houses around this thing, okay? I highly doubt that that's how old it is. There's no way in hell it's only been dry for 26 years. I had a pasta burp because that... That wine that I made, ugh... I made a dry wine by accident. If you guys don't know what that is, there's no sugar in the thing. It's all bitterness. It's incredibly bitter. That's the hard part about it. I made a bitter drink. Learn from my mistakes. Add sugar to your shit. <laughs> anyway, um, the Tulare Lake. 26 years dry? Yeah, I doubt that. I'm 26. Okay? So, you know what? Maybe I should actually get some boots on the ground and go out and do my research. I don't know. That might be a part two, but the thing is, I'm going to keep up to date with it, and I'm going to try to get as accurate as a story as I can. The problem is, we have conflicting stories, which is annoying. I'm looking at one person say one thing, and one person say another thing. I just want a straight answer, you know? Why is that so hard nowadays? What the fuck? It's so annoying. It's like when I go on Twitter and I ask a question, and everyone answers with a meme, or to kill myself, or LGBT this. Like... Can, can I get a straight answer? Like, you know what I mean? Oh, oh, I get it, LG. Oh, that's funny. 
straight answer, and it's about... That's funny. <laughs> uh, I, uh, Greg, I hope you're watching. That joke was about you. This is a new one, but if you guys want a visual of the lake, there's a video on YouTube called 2023 Tulare Lake Returns. It was made two months ago by LTO on YouTube. Look it up. It's only got 12,000 views, but it has a very... Also, he recorded it vertically. Wow. Anyway, uh, this person recorded their drive near the lake. And the thing is, he was close enough to the point where the water was getting on the road and flooding fields and going into houses, into houses, not toppling them over or anything. But it was close enough that you could see the scope of how wide reach it is. This is what I see on a daily basis with my uh, current occupation. And that's, that's basically what's going on here, right? That's um that that it was much worse months ago, but I think we got most of it under control. It's just the fact that the lake is coming back. That's that this whole episode could be summarized by that. The lake is coming back, and I'm surprised about it. There you go. I just saved you 30 minutes. Wow, I'm so stupid. Anyway, I need to go back on this topic. Um, earlier I explained mead, that I was uh, I, I was making mead. Okay. M-E-A-D. Delicious drink. It's basically honey wine. Okay, it's that simple. But I added a twist. I added honey, sugar, molasses, and cinnamon. These four things. A lot of them. A lot, a lot of them. Because I have a high yield yeast. And if you don't know what that means, basically, it's a yeast that can eat a lot, a lot of sugar. Okay? I mean a lot of stuff. I also bought a whole bunch of... I bought a kit, basically, where it's um the... I forget what it's called. It's like a bobbing thing. You put it in some liquid and it goes up and down and tells you how much alcohol it's going to have. I bought this other thing that tests how much sugar concentrate is in the liquid you're fermenting. I bought star sand finally. I bought the the decontaminant that's very important in making alcoholic stuff. But it also benefits the, the yeast if there's a little bit still in the bottle. I'm going really deep into this, okay? This isn't just a small hobby. This is like when I made cheese and I was really into it. This is going to be some good shit, okay? The only difference is with cheese, you get a bit of mold on the stuff and people are like, ew, I don't want that. It's disgusting. Or you add the culture and you're like, ew, I don't know what that chemical is. But you give them a beer that you made on your own and they're like, fuck yeah, let's party. Bit of a different, I know, a uh, bit of a different um, ballpark, I know. But that's exactly why I was getting into the winemaking process. Because a lot of people don't understand that some of their favorite beers are actually wines in a different form. Or light wines. Or white wines, red wines, dark wines, old wines, new wines. I don't know. It's hard to explain. What I'm going for with my drink specifically, along with the ratio of everything that I've done, how much gallons of this and that. Yes, I said gallons. I'm making a lot. There's a reason that I'm so into it, right? I'm not just going to make a small amount, because what if it turns out good, then I'll have a shit ton of it. If it turns out bad, uh, someone will take it. <laughs> okay, but think of it this way. There's a lot of a lot of technicalities, technical terms. What I'm trying to go for is a honey wine with a high ABV and still a lot of sweetness with a bit of bite to it. A little bit of earthiness. And, uh, you know, I, I have a very specific taste in mind. You know what I mean? And um, I'm going for it. Let's see how it goes. I'm very excited. Uh, mark this day in the history books. One month and a half from now, that's going to be when it is done. There's an entire process in two weeks that I have to start 
And once I start doing that, essentially what happens in two weeks is that yeast, it stops. It just basically finishes, you know, the alcohol is made. There's not going to be any more sugar or it won't be able to eat any more sugar from what I made. And then from that, it's called a racking process, which I learned how to do online. Everything has to be disinfected, super sterile and with minimal oxygen. That's the hard, that's the hard part, minimal oxidization, which basically what that means is you have a beverage, right? You don't want to shake it up. It's like when you have a soda and you drop, um, okay, let's say you have a two liter bottle, right? You don't want to shake it before you open it kind of thing. Um, you also don't want to pour a cup or pour out two liters and shake it up like crazy because then you'll release all the CO2. The only difference is this CO2 is from natural fermentation. And it's, I don't know, it doesn't seem too hard. With this drink that I made, I'm not going to lie, I did mess up. There was quite a lot of oxidization and you could taste it in the aftertaste. I don't like it. It's very specific stuff. I do need to go back for a minute um, with the Tulare Lake thing. And this is this is just to be on the safe side. I don't think I did, but I'm going to play my cards safely and I'm going to play my cards right. And I need to say this right now. My heart goes out to everyone who lost something in the Tulare Lake. This flood was unexpected. I, we all lost a little bit of something. I lost work. A lot of people lost, you know, their, their livelihoods, entire fields wiped out from the flood that became Tulare Lake. If this podcast seemed a little inoffensive, I try to keep a lighthearted way of, of speaking, you know? I'm not trying to go out and say, hey, this is a joke, let's not take it seriously, far from it. I'm trying to tell, uh, I'm trying to tell people what happened without trying to make them sad about it, you know what I mean? I'm trying to tell people what is without, without emotion. The hard part is it does, it does get in the way. You guys noticed earlier, I was getting very emotional talking about it because people I know almost lost their li- their houses and people I don't know lost their entire livelihoods, fields wiped out, millions of dollars of food gone and land that they can no longer get to, you know? A lot of people had to evacuate. Some people are still at risk. Um, I know some people who are at risk and it's just a shit show. I did not mean to be inoffensive this episode. If it came off that way, I apologize, but that was not my intent. Having said that, it is come to my attention that there's a lot more footage of the lake thanks to modern technology. This isn't like back then where people will will just, you know, write it off and talk about it or draw things. I've seen that a lot. We have iPhones. We have have smartphones, okay? So people got footage of the Tulare Lake coming back. Just look it up. Tulare Lake refilling. And there's a shit ton of videos on YouTube people have posted. If you want visuals... I highly recommend doing that. Here's the thing. When I was um, when I was near the place the other day, some person drove through the road close signs and got a drone. Don't fucking do that. Please do not do that. You have no idea how dangerous it could be. Maybe there's a surge of water that comes in all of a sudden. You don't know, okay? Just don't do that. Seriously. Unless you have permission. In which case, go right ahead. But don't, don't drive through road close signs. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not a place for you to be. Not right now, anyway. Maybe in time, when everything settles down, you'll be able to go right up to the lakeside. And who knows? Who knows how this just changed a part of our, our towns and our, our local homes history, you know? 
Only time will tell. And I want you guys to be there with me when all this, when all this shit's over. So, you know, stay safe. Uh, I really shouldn't have recorded this before I had to go to bed. Um, all I'm thinking about is a lake, you know. Anyway, um, that's going to do it for this episode of the Meatweed Podcast. You guys need to keep your heads up high. I need you guys to do me a favor, okay? Seriously, do me a big favor. Look in the mirror and look at how fucking cool you are, you know? Because you were listening to this whole episode and I appreciate it. Viewership's gone up. We've hit 12,000 downloads and we're still growing, you know? I, I do have a favor to ask because I asked it about a year ago. And I'm going to ask it again. If you listen to the podcast, please share it. I, I highly, I grow really fast if you guys share it. Not just like and subscribe. That's one thing, okay? But I want you guys to actually share it, you know? That's important to me. If you guys do that, then you'll help me grow, and I really appreciate that. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Meet Me Podcast. I got to get to bed, and I got an update on the wine that I made. I, I don't know if I'm going to keep drinking it. It's okay. It's just like I said before oxidization in wine makes it taste funny in this case it smells like cooked eggs i made it with apples apples should not smell like eggs i'm a little concerned and (laughs) rightfully so i hope but yeah we have a instagram twitter and youtube channel but we don't upload the podcast episodes on the youtube channel the youtube channel is its own thing We have a link tree in the description. It doesn't work on Spotify. You'll have to go on the website or on the computer and do it that way. But yeah, I'll see you guys next week. I'm going to give you guys an update on the wine as it progresses on the mead. And I'll see you guys next week. Oh, also, heads up. I'm going to make cheese again. Yeah, just just because. All right. See you guys next week. Bye.